First Timothy chapter 1, your reading will be found on page 1001. <coughs> we'll commence reading from verse 12. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me faithful, appointing me to his service even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man. I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honour and glory for ever and ever. Amen. Thank you, Doug. My dear brothers and sisters in the Lord, the last two weeks we heard the word of God as it speaks about the grace of God towards the undeserving sinner. We looked at the life of the godless Ahab and how God time and again dealt with him and showed him mercy. He rejected it and died in sin without hope. And perhaps we might have sighed at the end of his life, he got what he deserved. Last week we heard about the grace of God and the life of the sinner of sinners in the Old Testament, King Manasseh. He was described as the worst of all the kings. We heard all about all his detestable sins and how he led the people of God astray to worship idols <coughs> which he erected in the temple of the living God. He ended up in Babylon with a hook in his nose and chains on his ankles. And here we perhaps sigh too. He got what he deserved. What a pig of a man. But then, perhaps not according to our expectations, he turned to God. He heartily confessed his sins and received forgiveness of God who restored him as king. And we sometimes feel like the laborers who hired, were hired to work in the vineyard. They agreed to work for a sum and some began early in the morning working hard all day long. Then they noticed that the owner of the place kept hiring people, paying them the same as what they originally agreed, agreed upon, even for a half day's work. And to top it off, there was a fellow who waltzed in an hour before knockoff time, and he got the same wage as those who worked all day long. Hot under the collar, they, they argued then with the owner of the vineyard that they were treated unfairly. 
And then the owner answered them, and we read about this in Matthew chapter 20, verse 13 to 15. Friend, I am doing you no wrong. You, did you not agree uh, with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go, but I wish to give to this last man the same as to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with what is my own? Or is your, your eye envious because I'm generous? Sometimes we feel like that. We feel like we've been here for a long, long time. We've done a lot of good things. And someone else just walks in, pleads for grace and mercy, and gets the same treatment. And we feel that's not fair. Today the word comes to us to show us that good people need salvation too. Because being good is not good enough to inherit eternal life. And this is a very difficult matter for those who are really good people. And we do not deny the fact that they are good people. And as a matter of fact, all of us who call ourselves Christians need to be good The young rich ruler, a man who ostensibly had it all, came up to Jesus and asked what he should do in order to be saved. Jesus told him what he should be doing in complying with the law. And he said, I've done all these things since the days of my youth. And then Jesus told him when he put him to the test, Sell all your things, give it to the poor, and then come and follow me. Although this man had followed the law in all its details since his youth, he walked away from the Savior, lost for all eternity. He was, perhaps in his own eyes, too good to be saved. Self-righteousness is a state one finds oneself in, where one looks at oneself as morally superior. It is to have the feeling that in terms of morals and spiritual achievements, one has arrived. You ticked all the boxes of being good. For such persons to see the need for salvation is very difficult. There are those who constantly find excuses not to be there where the Lord wants them for they are busy with other things like the parable of the man who invited the important guests to his banquet. One bought a pair of oxen and had to try it out. The other bought a piece of land and had to go and have a look at it. The other one just got married and had to spend time with his bride. They asked to be excused in spite of the fact that they knew the time and the date of the banquet. 
they did not get a place in the banquet hall in the end. But others, the lame and the sick, the crippled and the blind, got the opportunity to sit at the table of the master. They got it because the grace and the mercy of the one who called them wanted them to be there. They deserved nothing. They lived in the gutters of the world as opposed to those who have had it all. They deserved nothing and they just could not believe it when the servants of the master called them to the banquet hall. But there's a twist in the story. One of those who were called from the streets slipped into this hall without the robe provided to the guests. And like the original guests, he was thrown out and could not attend the banquet. Here we have the good, the bad, and the ugly. The self-righteous did not get in, but one of those who did not deserve it did not get in either. What is the similarity here? Both tried to get in by their own standards. It is possible for the good to be too good to be bad enough to be saved. And it's also possible for the bad to think that he is so bad that he can get in in his own terms. 